When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Stolen away by Strawman, toward the open net. Score! Score! <laughs> what a shot by Strawman. Anton Strawman! 3-1 lightning with 129 left to go! Tom Jones, the original wild uh, beat writer for the Star Tribune, uh, he abandoned us right before the 2003 uh, playoff run and went back home to uh, Tampa Bay and has enjoyed a uh, pretty dang good run by this lightning hockey team, Tommy. Uh, five conference finals in. This is year 25 of uh, season 25, right? Yeah, that's correct, but what I've enjoyed actually more is not shoveling snow all the way into April. That's why I moved back to Florida. Now, listen, the snow's to the, uh, the uh, what, 15-incher, 16-incher? That We were done with that by April 6th or 7th this year, so it wasn't too bad. It <laughs> wasn't so bad after all. It wasn't yeah. too bad. What, a, uh, what a, a wonderfully run organization they have down there, uh, man. They just keep uh, turning out these uh, very competitive teams. You know, and it really does start with ownership. It's such a cliche in sports, Pat, that we talk about, uh, oh, it starts at the top. But it really does start with the top here. Jeffrey Vinnick owns the team. He bought it and almost immediately started making the right decisions. He hired Todd Lywicki, who you know very well, yeah. uh, that was running the Wild organization for a while. Jack Sperling was very much involved with this organization when Jeff Vinnick took over. They put the right people in place, and the, and the key to it all really has been Steve Osman coming in as GM. Uh, I think everybody was shocked that they were able to get Osman to come down to, to Tampa Bay, but he's here. He rebuilt the farm system and and uh, and has put together a really top-notch organization. And, and they keep replenishing this roster with young kids. I mean, this year, you know, guys like Braden Point. Braden Point might be the best player in the playoffs so far. He's a guy that was just a third-round pick a couple of years ago. So it really starts up top, and, and, and Steve Eisman should get uh, most of the credit for this. Uh, giving uh, Bettman is a hard time is a, uh, a pretty much an occupation for a lot of the old hockey hardcores, particularly the Canadians. But uh, <laughs> uh, you got Las Vegas. You got Nashville. You got uh, you got Tampa for a long time here now. I mm-hmm. would say you've had a couple of clunkers in the uh, in the in the what I call the warm weather movement, but uh, they are in some dynamic warm weather towns: Tampa, Nashville, Las Vegas. Yeah. Now they beat the NBA to Las Vegas. I think uh, you know, okay, Phoenix stinks. That's fine, but you have uh, you know it's he's been very successful. He is spread this game around immensely. 
Exactly, and if you look at all the teams that you mentioned, they're doing well. Nashville, Vegas, although I, it's crazy how Vegas has done this. They, it almost doesn't seem right. I'll yeah. be honest with you, I don't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you should have to pay your dues a little bit, I would think. But, um, but, but all these teams that are doing well, it really does start with ownership. And the teams that aren't doing well, such as in Florida and Miami and Carolina, have had some, some ownership issues here in the last couple of years. Um, those are the cities that seem to be struggling. But overall, yeah, I mean, we were talking about it the other day. If it ends up with it at Vegas and Tampa Bay final, um, I mean, I think Gary Bettman would look at it and be very pleased with it. I don't know what the hockey diehards would be, but um, but no, it's it's an experiment that seems to have worked out pretty well for the Well, end. and one thing, and one point I make is, okay, they beat the NBA to Vegas, which is, you know, forget the gambling and all that. That's, right. a, that's a dynamic town. And now they're going to beat the NBA to Seattle, back to Seattle. That's right. Seattle's in, the NBA's in Sacramento. They're in Oklahoma City. They're in New Orleans. It, even though it's a great town, it's small. It doesn't have much of a market. And, no, uh, yeah, not the, a media presence at all. Yeah, yeah. and these towns, the, the, NBA, the NHL has better towns than the NBA does right now. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. And, again, I thought moving to Vegas, I think all the leagues were looking at this pretty yes. closely. Certainly the NFL was watching it. Now the NFL is going to head there next. So it's been a, it's almost been a guinea pig for a lot of these uh, leagues just to see how things will work. And look at it. It has worked out pretty well. Tampa, they came here. Now, here's the thing. The baseball situation is a mess. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Tampa Bay. I mean, they need to figure that out. And I don't know if they will figure it out. That could be the baseball team that ends up in Vegas eventually. But it's... Uh, but hockey-wise, no. I mean, if you can sell, if you can sell your building forty nights a year, then that's all you need. When uh, I know that they, they did well, okay, and they had no stadium for a while. They played in the St. Petersburg, played hockey in the yeah. St. Petersburg Dome, and let people in for nothing and drew some people. But right. uh, the uh, you know it it now with success, it is an actual hockey town, right, Tampa. No, it really is a hockey town. Not only are they selling out the building every night, they're on a streak, you know, it's several years now where every game has been sold out. But I know yesterday they had several thousand people who sit outside and watch the game on the side of a parking lot wall, which is right next to the arena. They'll get, you know, I think earlier this, this, uh, in these playoffs, they got something like 14,000 people out there to watch a game. And, uh, yeah, no, it's become hockey. Here's the thing, Patrick. They, the people in Tampa Bay love this team. They, you know, there's they're still, they're still some raw feelings with them and the Bucks and about whether the Bucks are a likable ownership and likable players and the Rays. Everybody's mad at the owner right now. The people in Tampa Bay love, like they have, they have like a love affair with this organization, not only because they're good, but because the owner is invested in Tampa. He's moved, Jeff Vinnick moved here from Boston and now he's like redoing the entire skyline with his own money in downtown Tampa. And people just relate. He gives away $50,000 a game. He's still doing that, huh? Charitable contribution. Every game. Yeah, still does it every game. So people have fallen in love with this organization. And then it does, yeah, it doesn't hurt either when you have a really good hockey team on a product on the ice as well. I bet, uh, I bet uh, some of his fellow owners hate that. That he's giving away some of the profits every night. Well, it was funny. Like last night, it was Eddie DeBarlo, and I was like, "Hey, Eddie DeBarlo, good guy." There, I mean, we might be running out of people here. I'm pretty sure they're going to put me up there and give give money to me for charity. But it's really been it's amazing how much how much they've given away to the to the local community here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, this this I think this is the fifth. Yeah, it's the fifth conference final in 25 years. 
We're up here in Minnesota. We've had uh, uh, the first three years don't really count because that's when they had the East and the West Division, you know, and there's only six right. teams. And the uh, North Stars actually did make a conference final the first year, which meant you won one playoff series. But in 40 years, I think we've had four conference finals, uh, two Stanley Cup finals. Uh, a lot of Minnesotans here get very uh, upset when they see a, the, these Southern teams very being so successful. But uh, it's uh, well, I, this is going to be the this will be the third conference final in four years for yeah. this organization. Could be the second final in in uh, in four years, and um, and they came within a game. Uh, going back to the Stanley Cup Finals back in 2011, they lost the game seven on the road, one and up, and they lost that game. So it's been it's it's been a real roller coaster here. Either the teams have been really good, like Stanley Cup contenders, or there's been some bad teams here too. I covered a couple of teams that I covered one team here that had two 16 game winless streaks in the wow. same season. It was unbelievable. Yeah, so uh, they've had some bad moments here too, and some embarrassing ones with the with the old owner Brian Lawton was here as GM. He got beat up pretty good when he was here, but. Uh, but when they're good, they're real good. And uh, like every other town, they want the uh, sports columnists and writers to be fully <laughs> on the bandwagon. Uh, you made the mistake of picking the Bruins to uh, to win this series, a, a very good Bruins team, and you look pretty good after game one. But uh, what, <laughs> what's, uh, they're, they're on you now. They're mad, huh? Which oh, is yeah, good. Really it's nice it. to see a newspaper man still able to get people irritated. <laughs> I picked the Bruins to win at six, not because I'm like anti-lightning or anything. I just really thought the Bruins were going to beat them. And after, look, they, the, the Lightning had won like in Boston eight times in their history, 25 years. I thought, you know, there's got to be something to that. So, and they beat them. Boston won three of the four games during the regular season. So I just thought there's no way the Lightning's going to win. And now I'm just, of course, getting roasted for the last uh, the last 24 hours. But it's fine. Most of it's pretty good. I had you know a couple of people tell. Seriously, I had one guy tell me that he hopes I get cancer. But yeah, other than that guy, it's, it's fun. you know, other than him, it's been all pretty good natured grousing. But uh, now I'm in a no win situation because no one wants me to pick him in the next round. No, no, yeah, think yeah, I'm a jinx. You know, either way, so I, I I can't win no matter what I do. Well, you got to follow the racy theory. Never do what the readers want you to do. Go the opposite. So. <laughs> Go the I opposite. I learned from the best. I learned from the best. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's the way to go. But it is, uh, you know, it's it's going to be phenomenal. To, uh, you know, if you end up with the, it gets either you know two southern towns, Tampa, Nashville, something like that. It'd be great. No, I'm, I'm pulling for Nashville because that's I like going to that city. So I, well, yeah. <laughs> although Vegas wouldn't be a bad. Oh, no, Vegas could uh, <laughs> get you in trouble. But uh, I never could figure out why everybody stayed away from Vegas. But now you're right; they can't wait to get there, man. <laughs> I'd, I'd be fine with it. Okay, hey Jonesy, uh, uh, when do they? Do we know when the finals start, or do we got to wait to see uh, if the other one goes seven, or do they just? Did they already yeah, got it scheduled? Eastern Conference finals probably looking like uh, the Eastern Conference finals will start here on Friday. They were going to start Saturday, but James Taylor is playing in their building on Saturday night, so we got to wait for him. So it'll be, I think Friday. Friday will be game one of the Eastern Conference finals, and the Stanley Cup finals will be if they make it. Uh, or even if they don't. James Taylor, he's too old for me, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be a good concert. Bonnie Raitt was opening up, and then she canceled. Now it's just more more uh, James Taylor. Okay. Hey, thanks, Josie. Hey, good catch up to you, Patrick. All right, Tom Jones, uh, Tampa Bay uh, Times, uh, one of their columnists down there. Very good newspaper, and uh, some great beat writers, including my guy Topper with the uh, Tampa Bay uh, uh, Devil Rays. We'll be back. 
Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. And they're into the stretch, and it's Justify and Mike Smith turning for home in front. Good magic, and Jose Ortiz a link behind as they come into the final furlong. Bravazos down the center of the track, and then Audible on the inside, who's now up in a third. Justify a two-length lead as they come to the final 16th. Good magic on the outside, is second. Audible third toward the inside, then it's still regard. They're coming to the wire. He's just awesome! Justify has won the Kentucky Derby! Yes! This is our sports mammal of the day. Our sports <laughs> mammal of the day. Our first non-human uh, sports uh, mammal of the day. Justify looked fantastic in the slop on uh, Saturday at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, uh, the tr- uh, Our old buddy Mike Smith, who used to, when he was basically an apprentice, uh, was uh, riding out at Canterbury when it first opened. And I got to say... I got on him kind of early. My son and I used to go out there quite a bit, and we bet Mike Smith every race and did pretty well. Sure, because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't getting the best horses at the start there, but he could, he could ride that, and of course, still going uh, second Derby win. But I don't know if you guys watched the race, but they hit the stretch, and there's a horse coming up on the right that looks like it's got a chance, and he whacked this uh, big old uh, colt in the rear end once justify and he got a little jump and then he just showed him the whip after that he didn't hit him again he just showed him like this is coming this is had it if you don't pick her up here and he just went zoom and won by two lengths uh didn't have it was the muddiest uh most rain they've ever had for kentucky derby and they've been going on in in the records Uh, they've been going on for 140 some years he never had a drop of mud on him some on his hind legs but none on his Mm -hmm. front because he got him out in front at the beginning and they set a pretty fierce pace uh, the first uh, quarter or so, and uh, he, he he ran with the with them, and they obviously Mike Smith knew what a good horse he had. But here's part of the as I mentioned earlier on Sports Talk, this is part of the emotion of this horse. Uh, he was foaled on uh, March twenty eighth, two thousand fifteen. That's meant you know he was uh, born on that day at uh, the uh, by uh, the breeder was a guy named John D. Gunther. Uh, he's got kind of a small, he's got a place called Glenwood Farm in Kentucky, uh, kind of a small operation, but it's been very successful. But his daddy was Scat Daddy. Scat Daddy. And Scat Daddy was a good horse who became an even better sire. Uh, stud. The good job. And, yeah. He uh, <laughs> he was retired after being injured in the Kentucky Derby. How, how ironic is that? So he was retired as a three-year-old. And uh, then he, then they turned him into a, a, a stallion. He was sired uh, by his his dad was Johannesburg, uh, and uh, which goes all the way back to Mister Prospector, which is one of the great uh, sires in the history of racing. Anyway, uh, Scat Daddy is really on a stud roll uh in the uh after he gets rolling a little bit here by by 2015 he's found his stride by 2015 he was a hot commodity sure. in the stud business i even read something that he was they were flying him to australia to take care of the australian during their their season is their foaling season is different than ours because it's you know the mm-hmm. other side of the world 
And he'd stop by in Chile and breed a few there, too. So he was a traveling stud. And then he'd come home. But on December 14th, 2015, he seemed to be completely healthy and just tipped over and had a heart attack. He was uh, dropped dead at age 11. Uh, All that action will uh, do that to a guy. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was exhausted from uh, producing all <laughs> yeah. those uh, fantastic. He didn't die calls. of a heart attack. He died of exhaustion. No, exhaustion. But anyway, yeah, Scat, Scat Daddy, Scat Daddy, a sire of sixty-nine stake winners when he died at Ashford uh, at Ashford Stud Farm in Versailles, Kentucky. Uh, Scat Daddy was in the best of health, but totally unexpectedly dropped dead when walking out of his paddock. So uh, that happens with horses. You know, and you had had mentioned that uh, Justify was an orphan during the sports talk Mm -hmm. hour, and loyal listener Terry chimed in and said he never knew his birth father, and now he requests that all the other horses call him Heinrich. (laughs) (laughs) That could be. Anyway, this was his, uh, Justify was part of his last crop. The last, you know, really? he knocked them all up in uh, the springtime, and mm-hmm. uh, they uh, actually they're full in the spring. So he knocked them up the year before, and uh, he was in. The, it was the last crop. He Do dropped think- dead. He got he got dropped dead. Just when the action was getting started, right. which is <laughs> when the market was heating up. Now, yeah. do you think if they were able to get a microphone in front of Scat Daddy, he would have done the Antonio Cromartie? Well, we got uh, we got Justify, <laughs> we got uh, anyway. <laughs> well, he's naming the kids. Yeah, he could have. He could have done that. Anyway, <laughs> the best of that was a good job. That's a good looking horse. So whoop, he might uh, triple crown. You know, we had Samson on uh, Friday, and uh, Randy said oh, he I was hoping. He said he was hoping Justify won because he thought he was the one that could uh, be the next American Pharaoh. Hey, I'm telling you right now, I had my appearance. I was just telling Manny, I had my appearance down in Shakopee for the the uh, the, the tracker boat deal. Yeah. I drove by uh, Canterbury at about 845. The line was long down 169 well, they to get said there. They, uh, they said they had uh, 19,000. Holy crap. Yeah, mm. It was a pretty good wow. pretty good derby day. Of course, it was a gorgeous day. The weather was perfect, yep. You're and right. uh, and uh, now they now people are going to come out to see this horse because they think because it was so... It was the favorite. You know, a lot of people think it's great when long shots win. Like, I'm, I'm one of those guys. Mm-hmm. But the public wants... The favorite to win because that's who they bet on. Seventy percent of them have bet. Right, on. right. Because mm-hmm. you're going out there and you're betting five bucks on. And, the but is horse. that better for the house then too? Because they're they don't so care. They get the same percentage. They do. House gets the same percentage. Doesn't make mm-hmm. any. Do you? Because they have enough people like you that are betting roughly long shots. getting twenty percent of what what you bet. So it doesn't sure. make any difference to them uh, at all. They just want bodies, is what they want. They want yeah, bodies they out want, there betting. And out here, you know, when you get nineteen thousand at the track, you got. You got five thousand gamblers and fourteen thousand partiers who who are going to bet ten bucks. You know what Calvin Griffith once said in one of his uh, very politically correct observations. Oh God, I can't figure out why they built that track on the Minneapolis side of the town when you got all those cheap Lutherans. <laughs> he says, says they should have married it, built it over in St. Paul, where you got the Catholics and the black guys. They go spend a lot more money. <laughs> Well, Kevin, that's awfully interesting. That was interesting. Accurate, but... Politically incorrect. Well, back then he could get away. We could all chuckle. Today it would be like uh, we'd get... uh, There would have been a movement. (laughs) Yes, there would have been a movement. Yes, Mm -hmm. there would have been a movement. But anyway, 
uh, yeah, justified. Good looking horse. And uh, Scat Daddy was the daddy and uh, just, you know, died with a smile on his face. Yes, he did. All right. Hey, the great Babu has a uh, PJ Fleck helmet signed as uh, being auctioned <laughs> off for the LL. Uh, what do we call it? LL lymphoma. Lymphoma. LLS. LLS. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, lymphoma and leukemia uh, foundation. And uh, I bet uh, seven dollars and fifty cents, a buck fifty for every victory. So <laughs> I don't know if I'll get it or not. It's I publicly bid bid seven dollars and wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The math doesn't do. If it was seven dollars, no, seven. No, you said a dollar fifty, fifty for, for every, every victory, five dollars, and then another two fifty. Boy, you know, every time you open your mouth on something like this, you're just making MSU Mankato look worse. Yeah, worse. I thought you had a degree. Yeah. In, Wait a minute. Yeah, five degrees. times one. <laughs> really, Chris? You was teaching your math from Such? Yeah, no. And Rick Reavers just says, I was told there would be no math. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 750. Five wins. I didn't need to write that on a piece of paper. <laughs> well, I was thinking the math didn't sound right for some reason. That's okay. <laughs> I still disagree with the name of that new baby uh, over there in England, too. I don't know why they call them Palace. Palace. It's just such a weird <laughs> name. Yes, it is. I still there, am Jim? getting email on that, oh, yeah, by the way. Right. That you was like a month ago. You should be. Uh, this update's <laughs> Shut up, John. We endorse the uh, ridicule. Uh, this update's sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind. But Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Twins and Cardinals in St. Louis this evening. Fernando Romero makes his second start for the Twins. John Gant for St. Louis. Your Twins lineup finds Joe Maurer leading off for the fourth straight game. Then it's Dozier, Kepler, Escobar hitting cleanup, Rosario, Grossman in right field, Wilson catching, Adrianza, and Romero hitting because it's a National League ballpark. I did see uh, Phil Miller post a picture of Romero in the batting cage just a little while ago trying yeah. to. Never has batted in a professional game. That's ridiculous. Go get him, kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, new Gopher women's basketball coach Lindsey Whalen picked up her first recruit over the weekend, a commitment from Stillwater Junior Sarah Scalia. Uh, Scalia made the announcement on Twitter. Five foot ten guard, averaged twenty six and a half points, five rebounds for the Ponies. We're worried about Paige Bukers, right? Is that how we pronounce that name? The uh, Hopkins kid who's a national national recruit, mm-hmm. UConn, everybody else. Uh, NBA playoff basketball right here tonight. Toronto tries to stay alive against the Cavs, 7 o'clock at 1500 ESPN. There's a game going on right now, the uh, Celtics and Sixers. Really? Yeah. They what, tipped right off, now? They it's tipped off at 5 early? o'clock. Why is that? Really? Well, because you got two East Coast okay, games okay. tonight. I suppose it's kind of silly when the update guy's going, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what channel <laughs> doesn't really I say much I believe it's a TNT or... That's uh, Channel 7 in here. One other... Uh, NBA. No, that's TBS. <laughs> oh, Reavers. crap. One other NBA note, the Pistons and Stan Van Gundy, their president of basketball ops and head coach, have parted ways after the team failed to make the playoffs for the second straight year. TNT is 36. Got it. (laughs) Van Gundy met with Pistons officials this afternoon. He had had full authority on player personnel and staffing. Uh, Changes uh, came, though, be uh, most of them related to general manager Jeff Bauer. Van Gundy wanted him to stay, and uh, the management uh, did not. Bauer, though, will continue to operate as GM. According to league sources, huh? he's expected to lead Detroit's contingent at the draft combine in Chicago next week and oversee the team's individual draft workouts and draft planning. And then they're going to fire him. I don't know. Okay. Uh, most of their uh, the contracts in the front office, it says, uh, expire this summer. So mm-hmm. you would assume, well, 
There might be more changes. And you know what that means, Johnny? Hmm. That means Tibbs is now the only dual uh, dual job guy in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. You know what it also means? The number two manager or coach in the Detroit market right now in seniority oh. is Ron Gardner. Oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> Are you? That's right. I saw that on Twitter today. He's number two in seniority. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Wings fired their coach? Uh, no, uh, the Lions just hired... What's his name from New England? So he would be behind the Red Wings coach. Oh, oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. Pat's at number two. Never mind. Okay. I just had a Reavers moment there. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Kenny was at, Kenny. It's a dollar fifty per win. Kenny, a dollar fifty. Vikings. Vikings announcing today they've signed four players who would invited to uh, rookie mini camp tryouts next week. Among them, receiver Chad Beebe. You might know him because oh, yeah. Don Beebe. His dad Beebe's was kid, yeah. Don Beebe, who has a. A soft spot in my heart. Of, of course. course, he does. John. He's a wide yeah, receiver yeah, for that fan, yeah, Super yeah. Bowl winning Packer team. Shut up. John. Remember, they had a lot of injuries at receiver that season, and Don came in and he played very well for the Packers that year. And, uh, and the rare, fast white guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he also, that's right. He ran down. Uh, who did he run down? Oh, Remember? Very, very Leon Lett. Leon, Leon Lett. Yeah. Leon Lett. No. <laughs> that's what you got to like is the big man hot dogging from about the 15 yard line. <laughs> Vikings roster now stands at 90 players. Uh, One other NFL note. Bears rookie linebacker Raquan Smith reported to Athens Athens Clark County, Georgia police. Several items were stolen from his car Saturday, including the Chicago Bear issued iPad, his Georgia helmet from last season, and three of his Bulldogs. Boy, that'd be a shame if the Bears had all their strategies uh, stolen (laughs) with that (laughs) offensive operation they've had. Now, uh, this kind of amazed me. You know what they did? What? Apparently, you they immediately wiped remotely his entire iPad. Oh, really? I, I didn't know okay. that. Was I didn't know possible, you could do that. But yeah, uh, there. Uh, the vice president of communications, Brandon Faber, told the Chicago Tribune the iPad was immediately wiped remotely. You know who did it? The deep state did it, John. The deep, the deep state. state. They can do anything. <laughs> That's yeah. right. If you're connected to the deep state, you got her going, man. <laughs> All right, we got to go, Johnny. All right. You're along for the ride with Roycey. Buckle up. Yeah! For the thrill ride of the year on 1500 ESPN. Derek Gould uh, covers the Cardinals for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, Derek, our twins arrived at their hotel across the street from the ballpark at 7.30 p.m. last night. And uh, the Cardinals were playing five and a half hours later. Yeah, they uh, they probably got a better rest than the Cardinals did if they, if they took advantage of it. But the Cardinals probably had a more uh, rewarding evening, I would say. Uh, you know, sweeping the Cubs, walk off, having to be Dexter Fowler. There was a lot to yeah, they got rewarded for staying up late last night. Yeah, I talked to uh, Derek, Dustin Morris, and he said the uh, the uh, the cheer when uh, the roar when they uh, won the ball game woke everybody up at the hotel. It was uh, it was so loud. Now those Cardinal fans show up in force. How many are still around at one o'clock in the morning? That's a good question. Probably uh, scattered. 10,000 maybe, okay. maybe. I mean, pretty good, pretty good. But, uh, you know, they had, I mean, it would have been far more had it, uh, had there not been two rain delays. You know, uh, that second rain delay gave reason for some to go. But also keep in mind, too, and this is something that the players noticed, that of those 47,000 strong last night, there was a, a very healthy contingent of Cubs fans. And they uh, would have left 
um, they're late in the game expecting uh, their team to win that game and to make their drive back uh, <laughs> either halfway across Illinois or further. Uh, injuries, amazing run of uh, injuries and uh, pitcher use here for the Cardinals. What kind of shape are they in for tonight? They uh, they need a, a pretty good sturdy outing here from uh, young Mr. Gant. Uh, their uh, their call up for tonight's game. They could use it. They've been uh, they've been had their bullpen brutalized a little bit. Um, they have a couple guys out there. They can still give them innings, uh, but you know they they don't have Bud Norris likely today unless he had some kind of breakthrough today. Um, they they do have Holland still, but they they need you know they need they need they don't need this to go three innings and and gone for the starter. That would put them in a real bind. Excruciating injury for Yadier, and uh, mm-hmm. taking him out of the lineup is, uh, I mean, 140 games a year this guy catches. It's amazing. Yeah, well, he's their soul. You know, there's no other way to put it. He is the guy who directs, you know, the pitching staff. He's the guy that the pitching staff leans on. He, I mean, you go and you talk to, like, a guy like Miles Michaelis, right? Hey, you know, what was one of the appeals of coming to the Cardinals? And one of the things he'll list, is the chance to get to work with the Adair Molina. And he doesn't just say it because, well, you know, you know, I want to see what that's like. He goes, I want to see what I can do with a guy like that and then how much money I can make as a free agent after doing that with a guy. Um, you know, he's a draw for people, and he sets the tone in the clubhouse and definitely on the field. We were, we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, Rick Hummel, my colleague who you know real well, um, he was saying that, you know, the Cardinals are the only team in baseball still looking for their first caught stealing, meaning a runner that they would catch. It's like, because nobody runs on Yadier Molina anymore. <laughs> That's why they're still looking. Now they'll get it here eventually because he's gone. But that just tells you how much of a force he is when it comes to just the the pitch-by-pitch ownership of a game. So Tommy Pham was kind of the phenomenon of the first mm-hmm. uh, few weeks of the season. What's his problem? He's out of the lineup. He's got a groin injury. Um, a recurring groin injury that has the team really concerned. They expect him to be in the lineup tomorrow, though, against the Cubs. I'm sorry, against the Twins. Um, he wasn't able to play much against the Cubs. Um, in his place, though, has been Harrison Bader, who's, who's played very well. Uh, been, a, been a real spitfire in center field, um, quality player, uh, you know, good defensive player. Had a key infield hit last night that made Dexter Fowler's heroics possible. Uh, you know, so good player, not like a force like Pham. Um, but but they expect Fam to be back tomorrow against uh, against the Twins. So they make any other roster changes to help the bullpen or not? No, no. They uh, they had to make the move with Gant. Yeah. So they added Gant, and actually they sent out the young man Mike Myers. Yeah, pitched three scoreless uh, last night. I don't know why he gave up a run. Uh, last he night. did not, and that was the uh, that's sort of been the the trend here. To be honest, is you, you pitch three innings the night before as a young reliever with options. You're pretty sure you should have your bags packed the next morning everybody's doing it that way the twins do it that way too the twins last year 36 pitchers uh, i guess if you count chris jimenez and uh, they're not going to get wow. they might not get there this year but they're off to a flying start with that they you know if you pitch three innings and you're marginal you're gone the cardinals will set their record probably they've used all but two members of the 40-man roster um, the pitchers, I mean, they've used all but two, and now they've used, I think, 36 of the 40-man roster. Um, so they'll exhaust that, and then later this month, long after the the Twins have seen them, they're going to add Alex Reyes. So you get Gant joining tonight, then Alex Reyes around May 28th, May 29th for them, and uh, that, right. that 
point, they'll be two away from the club record already. And how about Wainwright? When uh, when are we going to see him? When's he going to pitch? He already has uh, arrived here in St. Louis. He pitched this morning in Springfield, Missouri. Okay. Uh, down 44 from here, Interstate 44. Um, he made his way up after five scoreless innings, uh, less than 60 pitches, two strikeouts, no runs, uh, no walks, and he intends to start this weekend against San Diego. Um, they could, for your for your purposes, one thing they could do is have him throw a bullpen for the team and then add him when they face the Twins on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Hey, what? Uh, who's a really good player? That I mean, this you look at this Cardinal lineup now, and it's not exactly familiar to uh, us who are a distance away. I mean, fam, but who, who's who else is a really good player there? Well, I mean, Marcelo Zuna's. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I mean, he's the best right-handed hitter that I've seen on this team since that guy who just got three thousand hits. Um, and I, I don't say that lightly. Um, you know, Azuna has that kind of ability. He's not swinging that kind of a bat right now. Um, but, you know, it's a moment. It's, it's really a matter of him, you know, finding a way to elevate the ball, and then he's going to go on a tear. Uh, he, he hits the ball with such authority. Um, you know, I mean, he's really he's, – he's got that gift of keeping the bat in the, in, the, in the strike zone for a long time, and that puts him maybe just a tick ahead of Matt Holliday, who was an exceptional right-handed hitter here for a long time. So that's the guy standing out. I mean, by every way, like Don Mattingly during spring training told me that Marcelo Zuna was the MVP of last year's Marlins team, you know, a Marlins team that had a guy who hit 59 home runs, right, and actually won the National League MVP. Mm-hmm. And Mattingly's point was, he goes, look, you know, um, Ozuna did his damage against the best pitchers. He never flagged. He wasn't a guy who feasted on lesser pitchers or waited for a mistake. He was a guy who hit good pitchers and good pitching, and that's what made that team go. He said that's also what made it possible for Stanton to have the season he had. So really strong. And also, I mean, you know, you, you obviously have an appreciation for second baseman up there, Dozier. Um, you know, there was all that talk about would the Cardinals be a match for Brian Dozier. Take a look at the second baseman the Cardinals have, and you'll recognize why they weren't so easy or weren't so quick to move away from him or to trade him when teams came asking this past winter. Uh, Colton Wong is a gifted defensive player, and particularly tonight, um, you know, he's been playing great here the past week offensively, had a walk-off. He's also trying to bring attention to his native um, Big Island there in Hawaii and then the people that are uh, that are suffering there or yeah. having their, their homes in trouble because of volcan- volcanic action. And uh, who else? Uh, I mean, uh, DeYoung is a, a, a pretty good shortstop, too. How's he doing? Yeah, yeah, very improved shortstop power. Um, Illinois State kid, um, you know, power set, set a, you know, was the, he hit more home runs. He led the team in home runs last season, had more than 30 home runs when you include the ones in AAA. Um, very good player um, for them. Hasn't had the kind of offensive catch fire here, but he, he can he can make a mistake, go a long way. Um, and then, also, I mean, from from your from the point of view of uh, guys that you get to see rarely, I would uh, I would suggest at some point in time in the series you're going to see Jordan Hicks. At which point in time Ooh. you'll see a 102 mile an hour sinker. Wow. Yeah, yeah, the, out of the bullpen, he's supposed to be something. Hey, yeah. uh, uh, Derek, thanks, and uh, have a shorter ball game tonight. 
Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, it's for the ball game tomorrow too, because then you got to get to the West Coast. So <laughs> okay. If the American League visitors can make that possible for us. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Derek. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Okay, Bye. Derek Gould. He covers the uh, Cardinals for the St. Louis Post Dispatch, and uh, even in April, uh, when nobody else draws people, you look at them, and they got thirty-two on a Wednesday, and then uh, if you got the weekend, and they're not getting rained on, they get forty-one thousand. So. Yeah, they'll have a healthy crowd tonight. The weather's spectacular. <laughs> And uh, yeah, they'll, it'll be a full house. That's for sure. Well, plus they got to see. They, they'll actually there'll be fans who actually know who John Gant is. Right? Like, uh, yes. they, they know their ball down there. That's for sure. We shall return with the daily complaints. Manny Hill, you have a complaint, sir? Miller for three, and he got it. Reggie Miller with a clutch tray, and it's 105-102. And a steal. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Anthony stumbles and falls. Time runs out. Reggie Miller scoring eight points in the final 32 seconds. Taunting Spike Lee and 19,000 at Madison Square Garden. Well, it was actually eight points in nine seconds, okay. Tom Hammonds. Yeah. But I, my daily complaint is with myself for forgetting, while we were doing the Iverson uh-huh. thing earlier, that that also happened on this is day in history day? in 1995, in game okay. one of that series and, with the Knicks. And uh, basically, we got, did we get a full 30 for 30 or just a little documentary uh, on Reggie, Reggie Miller versus, versus the Knicks? It was a full 30 for Reggie 30, yeah. Reggie versus Spike, basically, is yeah, what pretty it was, much. taunting yeah. each other and... Uh, yeah, Reggie's Reggie's another non-Tibbs fan, isn't he? He's another yeah, non-Tibbs pretty fan. Pretty much everybody on TNT is not yeah. really much I like him fan. as a broadcaster, too. He's, he's okay. Yeah. He has his moments, yeah. He's what okay. happened to Cheryl? She's Cheryl? not on TV anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Or as Reggie know. calls her, the better basketball player of the two, which I think is great. I Boy, saw she was her good, play though. in college. Ooh, she yeah. was a little better in the league back then. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, uh, mine is a downer. Uh, A's outfielder Stephen Piscotty's mom, Gretchen, passed away today at 55 years old, less than a year after ALS diagnosis. And we all know that's the reason why he was traded from the Cardinals to Oakland to be closer to home. Kind of a class move on both both organizations' parts. And, uh, man, there's, there, there's photos all over of him as a kid wearing his Oakland A's ball cap with mom at the ball game. And you know, you that's know, a downer, man. ALS certainly is not uh, does not know gender, but it does seem to be uh, more rare with uh, mm-hmm. women with than women. with yep. men. Right. Right. Yeah. I know way too many guys who've uh, had uh, ALS in uh, recent years. It's just... I don't know if we're just more aware or uh, what's going on, but it certainly seems to be there's a lot more of it. Uh, What's your daily complaint? My daily complaint is uh, plate umpiring is my daily complaint. I guess it'll always be a complaint, but uh, we got to figure out a way so these guys can call strikes. Electronic strike zones. And we don't have to. No, no, no. (laughs) And then we don't have to complain about it. I think, you know, once again, Mr. Fix-It, the the fixer, me, paint the black white and paint the white, then then make the plate a little wider and put the black out there. Mm -hmm. You know, put it, still have the black, but take the... You know, paint it white so you get an extra inch on each side of the plate because we got to get more strikes called and uh, and less complaining from hitters looking for the ball right down the center.